everyone. I'm so excited to have a beautiful and amazing and genius gamer girl. Yes, they do exist. Uh, I have a unicorn on my show today. Very excited. Um, she's somebody who has so many awesome credentials. She's basically the best person to be on this podcast. Um, she is somebody who's super well-versed in esports. Uh, she has had like, if I get even 1% of your viewership, I'd be so happy. You've gone from, like, basically 100 to 48,000 viewers, and you're such a great technology guru. So welcome, Freya. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing awesome now that you're here. Seriously, I was like, it's, it was so hard for me to book a person who could do this well and on time and be punctual. When you came out, I was just like, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it was last minute, but yeah. I was like, oh, I, I'd love to talk about gaming. Point. Yeah, I was literally waiting on this for like weeks. But anyways, I'm so grateful for you. Um, yeah. So let's get started. So what's your funniest gamer joke or what's the funniest thing that's happened to you in a game? Oh, man, that's I, I know the moment. Exactly. Um, there, there's two and, uh, and they're, they're equally good. So I, I hope I can share both because they're from two games that are the most popular in the world. Um, Fortnite, obviously everyone knows Fortnite. Um, back in season two or three, I think it was season two. I started playing very, very early before the game was really popular. And there were, um, there always have been grenades since the beginning, but there was an instant and I have this clip on my, on my Facebook and on Twitch, and my friend was, he was dancing. Dancing was was relatively new in the game at the time. There weren't too many emotes. And I was knocked down. And he's my teammate. So he has to, he can, has a chance to revive me. And uh, and so if you guys don't know, you know, in Fortnite, you can build like walls and stuff and, and protect yourself and all that stuff. So he built, you know, like a little house around me. And he was like, don't worry, Freya. And he was just saying it so confidently. And she was like, don't worry, I got you. I'm going to revive you and kill all these guys. Um, he kills the team, but as he's reviving me, he didn't realize that there was one guy left. He got overconfident and the guy threw a grenade in our little house and killed us both. <laughs> and we lost. And it was just the funniest thing. He was like, oh no, he was screaming. And I heard the grenade and I was like, Kobe. And it was just perfectly timed. And like right when I say Kobe, uh, rest in peace, Kobe, you know, so, so sad that, you know, he's not with us, but yeah, I said the Kobe thing, which was a thing to say at the time when he threw the grenade and that was it. We just died in there a very cocky, but hilarious death. And that clip got a lot of views. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was one of those instances of don't, you know, don't celebrate too early, but as gamers, you know, you always have that moment like all the time. And then there was another one that went pretty viral. We got like 100,000 shares on this clip and it was crazy. I mean, views. And we were playing PUBG, another battle royale game that's really popular. Um, and there was a hacker in the game. This game is particularly known for its, you know, hacker problems. And I was playing on stream with another streamer um, and we were recording it, of course. And there was he had there's cars in the game and he made the car fly which was a complete hack and it was just the craziest thing uh we were just like running around like normal trying to find people to shoot and he would just come in his flying car and pick us up and he would transport us across the map at lightning speed and it just completely broke and rendered the game really strangely and it was it was pretty funny um, you have to see the clip to understand just how hilarious it looks because of how the game is not meant to do that. Um, and I think that was probably the 
definitely those two things were stand out multiple That's areas hilarious. yeah if only i knew how to edit because of my poor skills sorry guys you can't see it but yeah. uh, we'll just watch it in private as long as yeah, like, there's a playlist of like funny clips on my facebook uh, freya fox tv on facebook and you'll you can see the funny clips oh my god i'm gonna do it right after right yeah after. Okay. so uh, how did you start gaming um i started when i was I guess three or four. Um, my first wow. exposure was to Duck Hunt. I'm dating myself, so those listeners who had Duck Hunt or the NES know I'm I'm old enough to play that game at a young age. And I, my my uncle's um, sisters, uh, they would come over and they loved to play video games, and so did my uncle. And they were like in their 20s at the time. So, of course, they were all, you know, into uh, the NES. It just came out and my mom had bought one when she was in college. So we still were playing it and they had Duck Hunt and it was it was so fun. I loved it. I was just a little kid, but we had the little guns and we just shot the ducks and they taught me how to play. And, and I was just, I guess I was hooked since then, like subconsciously hooked. I, I don't remember like exactly those moments, but I, I have, you know, clear flashbacks of me playing in, uh, in my room with them. Um, and then, you know, ever since then I, I've been a gamer. That's awesome. It's so cool. So um, I also think it's really awesome. Like, how did you come up with your name? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I get this asked. That's probably my number one asked question. Um, and I got it because I like alliteration. Mm. Um, I, you know, I'm a branding expert. And that's what I did for, you know, the last 10, 15 years doing branding and marketing. Mm -hmm. So coming up with my persona and the brand and everything was, was all completely fabricated. It was, you know, well thought out. I, I would like to think. Um, and I, I chose a name that had alliteration because I knew alliteration stuck. So Freya Fox, double F. Yes. And there's also a play on, on words here. FF in gaming uh, speak means like surrender or give up. Like, oh, just FF, like rage quit, or oh, just FF, we're going to lose. Um, so I wanted to have the FF in the logo and be my name, Freya Fox, as the initial so that it would read FF to gamers as well. Um, and then the last Freya, thing, like a goddess or something? Yeah, oh, and the last thing is the goddess thing too. You nailed it. I, I'm surprised you knew. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, so I loved the, uh, the the concept of the goddess Freya, and she's the goddess of the Valkyries of war and love, and she's like really femme, but also really powerful and badass. And I feel like that describes who I am as a as a you know as a gaming persona, and also who I am you know as a as a person um, outside of you know Freya Fox as a character. Um, so I really resonated with her imagery and, and how she's portrayed. Mm -hmm. And and then I just thought, okay, Fox is catchy too. And it's like cute. Um, it's short. So Freya Fox. This is just perfect. So, okay, you talked mm -hmm. about marketing and branding because I actually knew about you when you re responded to one of my comments because I was like, how do I get to the, you know, first page of Google or something? And then like you, you were like immediately responsive. So like, can you tell us mm -hmm. what you do and like what kind of clients you help and what you help them achieve? Yeah, yeah, good question. So, I mean, aside from competing in gaming and streaming and stuff, um, I, I also, you know, do marketing consulting and influencer marketing consulting to, to clients. Um, and I help them with a few things. You know, the main focus right now has been on SEO, 
of course, you've seen the Google knowledge panels. Those are the biographies that you see of people, famous people, notable people on Google. Um, I get those for clients. And uh, fun fact, you don't have to be super famous or very notable to get them. Uh, we were able to get those for the clients. So um, I, that's mainly what I've been focusing on is helping people you know, with their brand. And part of it is uh, with knowledge panel stuff, with SEO. And then on the influencer side, um, it's mostly leveraging my connections and leveraging what I've learned doing branded campaigns and helping other brands who are looking to um, get into the space, whether they're trying to target gamers or not. You know, I, I have a lot of you know, experience with working with influencers and managing these campaigns. So um, I just work with brands, both endemic or non-endemic. If they want to enter the gaming world, perfect. If not, you know, we can help them in other, in other niches as well. Um, Sorry, what is it? Say again? What does endemic mean? Oh, yeah. So endemic is a term you hear a lot in esports. If you look up esports marketing, it, it just means native to the industry. So like... Uh, MSI or Razer or Logitech would be endemic to gaming or to computing. Yeah. And then like a non-endemic thing would be like, um, like Red Bull. So like Red Bull is heavily sponsoring esports, as some of you have known or seen, they would be considered a non-endemic brand because they're not like native, like they're not real. Uh, they're not really integrated in gaming because they are not peripherals. They're not computers. They're not a video game, but they're like an ancillary, you know, outside brand that can, you know, interject themselves into the gaming community and obviously profit well because gamers, energy drinks, I mean, this is a, you know, yeah. an old stereotype that that will never die. Yeah. 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 I love that. Wow. I'm beautiful and smart and a freaking genius. I love it. So, um, like, what is it like being like a, a Asian female in gaming? Do you feel like you're treated the same as everyone else? Like, is it's more mid, like, I guess just like stereotypically more male. Do you feel like you're treated better, worse, or like the same? Or do you feel like it doesn't make any difference? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I, I feel like it's definitely, you know, biased um, in, in a way towards towards male streamers and there's a lot of stigma that comes with being a female streamer and uh, especially an Asian female streamer I mean I haven't been streaming recently um, so I can't comment on like any like you know coronavirus racism or anything like that but I see it you know I see it happen to my other Asian female streamer friends of mine I see it on TikTok especially and um, just being a content creator let's even just take away the streamer part. I mean, just yeah, being a content creator uh, as an Asian American or Asian in general, female is, is difficult because I think, um, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, you know, there's definitely an obvious internet fetishism of, you know, Asian women, especially. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, to be, you know, like, pompous or anything yeah, but i mean it's, it, it's, it's yeah, very it's obvious um yeah. you can just see it anywhere and there's like okay cupid did a study that's you know proved this and it was just fascinating to me and, and that obsession uh definitely carries over into gaming yeah. in a more intensified way um you know you'll hear a lot about incels that which is like a subculture group of of like you know they call themselves like lonely males that don't get female attention um mm -hmm. You know, th that is a, a very strong, I want to say super strong, but I would say is definitely a, a part of gaming subculture that is very toxic. 
and is especially toxic to female uh, gamers in general, regardless of their race, uh, race aside. So I think when you come, knowing those two things, when you combine being female and then Asian on top of it, and then gamer, it's like, man, those are like triple whammy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, yeah. it, it definitely can get racist during streams or any content. It, it definitely gets a lot of, uh, a lot of, you'll see a lot of comments or you'll hear it verbally through voice chat with your teammates, which is probably the most horrendous and like traumatizing thing you can hear, um, especially to somebody who's not used to hearing gaming video or gaming content. And you're just hearing these uh, males, mostly like 99% of the time, you know, telling you to go back to the kitchen or why are you gaming? You know, go make me a sandwich or, you know, calling you all kinds of uh, slurs and, 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 things that I shouldn't repeat here uh, that are just absolutely awful and you're just trying to play a video game you know and it gets to the point where when you're just doing that even if you're not streaming or anything like that you don't want to get on the microphone you don't want to talk you don't want to make your your call outs you don't want to suggest anything Um, and that's why I've kind of moved away from team games and play mostly fighting games and single player multiplayer type of games because uh, I don't have to deal with that it, it, in that community if you're good you're good and, and that's all that matters you know and that's what I love about the fighting game and smash community and mm-hmm. is that there's absolute respect for your competitor mm-hmm. because you never know how good they are it doesn't matter if they're male female trans like whatever it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. people respect you for your skill and they're not going to trash talk you if they know that you're way better than them, especially. So um, I guess now that I say that, uh, it is kind of separate in a way. Like if you if you compare like team-based online gaming culture with like fighting games slash Super Smash Bros slash like any type of those types of, I'm just going to lump them as fighting games yeah. to the general audience. Um, those, those types of single-player sports like uh esports like hearthstone which is a card game magic the gathering those types of situations i would say it's a little less toxic to be honest because people really respect the individual but when you're in a team environment of course you have the whole group mentality and and internet trolls and all those things and i don't know guys just don't like us to play video games in general i think they just don't like yeah. it when you beat them, you know yeah I feel like- it's okay if you lose to them, but mm-hmm. if you win, it crushes your ego because they're it supposed does. to be better. And what does that say about them, right? So their mm-hmm. only way of coping with it is by trash talking you and hopefully you go away. But yeah. you, because it's, it's like, that's how they get their ego stroke, right? Because yeah. they can't go anywhere else because they're already incels. They're losers in real life. And now they're losers in game life. They can't handle that. Stuff. Right, right. That's just loser all the way around. Yeah. I mean, I, and I hate to say that about people, but that's the honest truth. Yeah, for, and, and I'll say it like that. It just, that's what it is. And, and, and the worst ones are just the internet trolls, you know, the ones that are not even in a game with you. And they are what we call in the gaming community backseat gamers. These are people who just watch you play or watch your videos or whatever it is. And they make commentary about telling you how to play the game better. And especially as a woman, they just assume you don't know what you're doing. You know, many streams I've had where guys come in and go, oh, does she even know how to play the game? Or, oh, baby, you know, they'll be like, oh, baby girl, like, don't forget to click that to get the gun. I'm like, dude, I know how to play this game. I've been playing this game longer than you have, um, guaranteed, you know, and it's like, 
those are the most they're patronizing things. And they're the worst gamers too, right? And they are always the worst yeah, gamers, of course. The they're never they're never good. <laughs> they're never good. It's like it's like kind of like the the old adage of like the person who wants to fake to be super rich always, you know, boasts about it the most. Right. And tells other people what to do, you know, with their money and time and things like that. It's the same in gamers. It's like, oh, I'm so good at gaming. Why don't you just use that gun? Because it's totally the best gun. Because I'm the best dude ever at that gun. Something, you know, insert whatever derogatory female marks you possibly couldn't know what you're doing. So it's like, yeah, that that sounds like an exaggeration, but it really isn't. It's funny. It's because it's true. I, I, I find that, and I'm glad that you you feel the same way because I feel the same in uh, comedy as well. Yeah. Anywho, uh, so <laughs> um, I I live for this. This is amazing. But I think I should uh, retain a semblance of civility. But I I live for this stuff. Um, so <laughs> what are your favorite you. games? <laughs> um, man, you know that's like saying what's your favorite candy or ice cream flavor. Um, there's too many, but you know, if I had to just pick one, it would be Super Smash Bros. And and I say that by affiliation only because I've been playing that game since it first came out, the first version, which some of you may remember the classic party game of Smash on the N64 way back when, when you were a kid and playing it at your cousin's house or your friend's house. And that's kind of how I got, uh, exposed to it so i just played smash every single iteration even brawl which you know if diehard gamers will say that was the worst smash ever and and it was but i played every single one i've been loyal to them and that's funnily enough that's the only nintendo game that i really honestly like i have a nintendo switch which is you know where smash ultimate is is on it's only on switch but it literally is the only game i have on switch so because of that i'm gonna have to say smash because i bought a console just to play that game and the last time um smash came out uh what was it for uh, smash 4 on wii u i bought a wii u just to play it then too and that was the only game i owned for that console so i'd say i'm pretty dedicated to it that is yeah yeah well, that's that's so interesting so like what do you do in a day like what's a typical yeah. day like uh, yeah, that's a good question, too, like, because I don't even know what I do on a typical day. Um, you know, late, lately, because I, I was in a car accident in November, as some people might know, I haven't really been able to game much or, or do much. You know, I've been recovering uh, from a brain injury from, from that. Um, hit my head pretty hard, so it's been nearly impossible for me to uh, play any kind of fast-paced gaming games or even have the energy and concentration to make gaming content. It's a lot harder than people think to wake up and actually like do that as your job and like your your paycheck, yeah. you know, relies on people liking your stuff. Mm-hmm. And And when you put it that way, it's not just gaming, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I am making content with a specific purpose, like people better like this uh, or I hope they like it, you know, or else, you know, then... then or else. Yeah, or else. Then it I mean, if you sucks. don't like stuff. Yeah, I mean, not like that, but it's more like, you know, in order for you to grow, yeah. just like any other business or industry, you've got to make content. And if people don't like it, then, you know, you have to keep going back to the drawing board and no, no longer becomes fun necessarily to you. And yeah, then, business, yeah. yeah, it's a business. So then, you know, coming out with that and also my, you know, the injury that I sustained 
kind of makes me not want to do it right now. I mean, at the current moment, you know, February 2020, um, I haven't done much in the gaming space. I've recorded a few things and I've done a few streams, but they haven't really been, you know, much. So on a day-to-day basis, I probably wake up and I uh, will work on, you know, the marketing side of, of my business and, uh, you know, work with clients and try to find new clients and help them with their branding and stuff like that and do influencer marketing stuff and, uh, and try to, you know, help people understand the gaming community, especially um, because I do get a lot of inquiries from brands all the time through Instagram, through emails, asking me, you know, how can we reach more gamers? Can we work with you? Can we sponsor you? Um, so on and so forth. So I, I kind of just, wake up and and look at my emails and that kind of dictates what i'll do for the day and i know a lot of people have a different mentality of that i know there's a there's different you know schools of thought where don't answer any emails or uh you know during the day or don't wake up and check your email or whatever and and do something for you um i do that i mean i you know i'll like meditate for a bit take my medicine eat and stuff but my day is usually dictated by whatever random opportunities just happen to show up um, through Instagram or emails and it happens pretty consistently. So yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> but that's good because it's yeah. like you get bored and then you have the flexibility to be yeah. wherever and do whatever. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm never, I'm never truly bored. I'm, I'm always amused what happens to me every single day. Um, I try to keep it as structured as I can. You know, I try not to work past a certain, uh, period of, you know, like five, 6 PM or something like that. But, I also have a lot of Asian fans and Asian clients as well and Asian brands that, that know about me and stuff. So, you know, occasionally I will get, you know, business inquiries and stuff at three o'clock in the morning or mm-hmm. two o'clock in the morning. And, and, and you know, I got to answer them. Um, I try to be as punctual and as quick as I can uh, okay. without, you know, killing myself over like notification overload. But yeah, so I kind of never know. Yeah, Asians are slave drivers, so I, I feel. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and it's like we we want things done quickly and fast, yeah, yeah. you know. And it's like if I message you at three a.m., I don't care if it's like middle of or three p.m. my time, and it's like three a.m. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't care if it's three a.m. on your time zone. Like to yeah. answer, I'm awake. Yeah, I'm awake. You're sleeping, but I want to do business or I want to talk to you about such and such idea. Like, let's talk about this idea and. Hey, that's just how it is. I, I lived there for almost two years on and off Where? in Taiwan. Uh, in Taiwan, yeah. Well, at least they're more civil than uh, savages. In... I can say that because I am a mainlander, okay? But you guys are nicer. Though. I, I, I love uh, Taiwanese TV shows. Yeah. I yeah, I lo- I, Taiwan is is a, is a wonderful place. And it was a place that taught me that business never sleeps. For sure, because it, it's such an international uh, country, just like places in China are like Shanghai and Shenzhen, you know, where you just have all these international multinational companies. And it was like business never slept and you just always were hustling, I felt like. But it was cool, you know, it, it supported that. And I guess after I, I moved back to the U.S., that never really left me. So I've always been perpetually stuck between two time zones. But that's cool. I mean, I want to visit yeah. You should and visit every Seven <laughs> Eleven and practice your your Taiwanese accent. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. 
one of my bucket lists. I don't know if I can do it this year, but definitely in the next several years. Not right now because of the craziness, but when this Yeah, yeah, there's just too up. much danger That's over there right now. Um, yeah, so cool. So um, what kind of clients do you work with and um, who, sh- who should work with you and who do you, who annoys you and who you wish you would not? I love how direct you are. Uh, it's great. She just yeah. she just says it like it is. Um, I, well, I mean, the people that should work with me are, are going to be two different buckets of people, I guess. You know, if you're on the influencer mark, if if you're a brand, I guess, and or even just an individual, and you're trying to reach influencers in general, not just in gaming, but you're trying to understand influencer marketing and make sense of what an ROI looks like with an influencer campaign. How do you reach out to influencers properly? How do you, you know, get influencers to be an effective method for promoting your product, service, brand, whatever it is you want? Um, you know, then then we are probably a perfect match um, because that's where I can come in and and help you with my expertise. You know, I've done work with uh, Cox Communications, Facebook, Bandai Namco. Um, you know, a bunch of big Fortune 500 companies and do, helping them, you know, with their campaigns and they've hired me to, to promote some of their services or products. And through that, you know, I learned how to successfully manage and facilitate these campaigns on a large scale. So that's, you know, one uh, definitely a good match. And um, another one, you know, on the SEO marketing uh, side, um, branding side, Anyone who's looking to, you know, increase their personal brand um, or get better placements in search engines, you know, a lot of people talk about SEO, but, you know, oh, what's my ranking and all that, but they don't talk about uh, search engine reputation management, SERM, which is what does Google actually say about you? What does the internet actually say about you? What does social media, you know, say about you? Um, when people search for you, what will people find? You know, are they going to find a positive image about you? Are they going to have a good, clear idea of what you're about and what your brand is? And are you a good fit with them? Um, those are things that I help answer for people. So uh, primarily, you know, anyone who's looking to step their game up in that realm or maybe launch a new product or launch a new marketing initiative and they need that extra polish, uh, I can help them with that. And uh, we can do the Google knowledge panels as well to, to get you more credibility and more visibility um, on social media. And yeah, I guess those are my, my two perfect matches as, as for someone that like annoys me, as you say, um, honestly, brands without a budget. And you, I think you'll hear this from a lot of influencers. If you, if you, if you ever ask what's the number one, like pet peeve of, like to an influencer or to content creator, whatever they call themselves, that they hate. Uh, it's brands who just want to do affiliate-only deals. And for some people, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you have millions of followers and your organic reach is like off the chain because you didn't get punished by the the algorithms like they have been, you know, ever so changing, then um, then sure. Then yeah, affiliate deals make perfect sense but if you're you know if if the influencers you know 20,000 or more followers or so um and they have significant you know influence they can actually influence people to buy things or do certain actions over time uh i think doing offering somebody an affiliate commission deal only um, isn't you know isn't always the best structure for for us you know on, on our end so 
that does annoy me is when brands say, you know, I would love to work with this so-and-so influencer or I would like to reach, you know, 10 million people. And I'm like, oh, that's great. What's your budget? And they're like, oh, well, we were just thinking of, you know, we'll give them a free product and uh, maybe like 5% commission or something. And I'm just like, that's not going to work. I mean, these, these people have jobs like this is you're paying someone to create content. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like they're just another affiliate in an affiliate marketing scheme. And of course it works, like I said, but ultimately you're paying for their endorsement. And a lot of brands, they don't understand that you're, you're paying for an endorsement. Yeah, that's so true. Well, yeah. Really well put, yeah. Um, so um, what kind of conventions do you go to like for gamers and like, how do you keep up to date and like what kind of like, you know, land parties and all the events. I don't even know what word I'm so new, like, but like, what are some of the events that you go to? Good question. Um, one second. Just need to like drink some water. I'm so thirsty. Me too. I should probably do that. <laughs> I'm too lazy right now to get up. Oh, okay. yeah. Let me just. That's good. Yeah. Just edit, most of the time. So it's good. You, this part. You, yes. You need to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking like, like, 13 questions basically yeah yeah so i i didn't like i guess i didn't prepare enough water up here so um yeah no worries but, yeah water is uh, important, guys water it, it's oh, so I- it's so important okay I, th- I think i'm good just edit that part out <laughs> and so yeah ask the question again in case you want to edit I don't know how to edit those. You don't That's know how to edit, so you just upload it. All right. Well, this is all going on the podcast. Yeah, it's more real, so they it can. It's real. This is how it really happens. This gamer girl, like a unicorn among women, and it's like, oh, she drinks water. Uh, yeah, I, I need breaks. Believe it or not, to drink and eat. That that's actually a thing. A lot of guys idolize gamer girls, so it's like <laughs> they do, and then well, we're humans too. We have to eat and drink and sleep and do all those things and and it's funny you say that because a lot of streamers will be embarrassed to eat on stream or even like take a drink break or something i don't know there's this weird stigma of course mainly by men to other men and to other women streamers that say um you know like oh you shouldn't eat on stream it's like eating at your job like or if you work in a retail if you work yeah pay to watch other people eat and we're not hurting you they they don't get it they no well, they're mostly not Asian, probably. Um, they haven't seen mukbang, okay? So, I mean, I, I guess I can kind of understand why they would... I mean, I understand the train of thought. Like, yeah, if you're in a retail situation, you're not going to be just, like, eating lunch in front of people. But Are we that's supposed a, to eat Soylent Green? I mean, I just don't understand. Right. Do they not, like, understand that we're humans? and we need Yeah, well, I, I think they expect us that if you're streaming live you should have eaten already and done all these things and then if you do oh, need to eat because you get hungry you should just have soylent like just stacked yeah, like you know <laughs> like just like a like a freaking refrigerator below you and you just have like 10 soylent and like three meal replacement shakes and you just chug it and then you just keep working <laughs> I, I, I guess that's what people think yeah they're dumb but what whatever anyways going back to your question of, of conventions which when you go to them, you should stay hydrated. I always tell this to people, especially at conventions, stay freaking hydrated and don't just drink meal replacements all day long while you're at the convention or you will pass out and you will go to the hospital and it's not going to be good. And I've seen stream it happen. I've seen it. You know, I know what they're going to say. Stream from the hospital. Where yeah, you? just stream. Just do your cosplay in the hospital and take <laughs> pictures. It's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and, and you'll see that. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but I mean, I've seen, you know, EMTs and, and paramedics and stuff like at these events and they're there because they know people don't hydrate and they're walking like miles per day and they don't realize it. Um, and they get dehydrated or they faint because they didn't eat or something. Or I, I don't know. Or their cosplay is just too tight and then they haven't eaten and they just don't feel good. So segue into the conventions, you know, um, definitely eat well and go to conventions because they're fun and they can be a great networking events. I usually go to um, PAX West in Seattle. Um, I've never been to PAX East though. Everyone wants me to go to PAX East, which is PAX, if people don't know, is uh, the consumer version of what E3 is. And E3 is basically like the Super Bowl of gaming in terms of like new games and stuff. Like if there's the event to think of in all of gaming, it's it's E3. Um, that's like the industry event for for gaming and it's where they announce all the new consoles and the new games and anything that has to be big in gaming they will announce it at e3 first um and so there's a more consumer version of that which is called pax and it is more of like an open consumer-based convention where gamers and consumers uh who are also gamers but like professional gamers or gaming companies they can meet their consumers in a more intimate setting whereas something like an industry event like e3 um is more like it's networking you know it's business it we're here to talk business um, and to show and to show you know our stuff to the press so e3 like i said is one that i i always am going to go to as if i can um what else do i do i just did ces this last june yeah, uh, january we're, we were in the same reading the same air at ces i love CES. Uh, we were in the same what same city i was at ces also oh you were what 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 uh what was your like favorite thing there Ivanka Trump. Ivanka so. Trump. Yeah, she 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 was great. We I didn't get a chance to see her because I was flying in that day, but we caught just the tail end of her like all her security detail uh, moving in. So that was that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, CES was probably this was probably the best CES I I've seen in in a long time. Um, just so many unique innovations and also they did a lot of esports stuff at CES um, and gaming stuff. There was a bigger focus on gaming this year than there was in the previous year. So I think I, I think that was really a smart move. Tech companies are like, oh no, we got to get back into gaming. Like, you know, hush, hush. Like they don't want to admit that gaming and esports is, is definitely the future. Um, so yeah, those are the major things that I go to. Um, I've always wanted to go to Tokyo Game Show. That's been my dream. So you know, if anyone is listening that wants to, you know, sponsor your girl to go to Tokyo, I've never been. <laughs> how uh, how much are the tickets? I have no I have no idea. I I believe they're probably in you know in two or three hundred dollar range, like E three is. Maybe it's more than that. I have no idea. Fly her out, guys. Fly her out. Pay for the yeah. ticket. Um, she's in. Uh, uh, cover it and uh, shout out your business so yeah good. and i will uh, i'll help you understand the asian market I, I don't know the japanese market i, I can't say i do but uh, asia in general yeah one is very close to japan uh yeah culture, i feel yeah that's true that's true because of the japanese uh you know occupation in in taiwan for and they, many, they're many about it you know if you ask the older generations they're like the only generation that actually like misses when the japanese mm -hmm. were in because they did such a good job um but yeah anyways i feel like you do a good job anyways regardless because yeah for two years you probably like know even just secondhand 
a lot of Japanese culture. Um, but yeah, uh, so okay, what uh, what um, what do you wish gamers knew more about? Just in general. Um, I wish they knew more about marketing. Um, honestly, that's really my first thing I tell people all the time. It's like, if you're just gaming to game, fine. I mean, enjoy it's entertainment at the end of the day. But if you're like talking about gaming in terms of a business or you're trying to make something out of it, you know, money wise, uh, yeah, marketing, absolutely marketing. Um, so you know, start with basic uh, marketing knowledge. You know, YouTube it. It's hello. You got cut off. Hello. Hello. Actual course that's structured. Testing Are you hearing me back? You're I'm back. Okay. okay, I'm back. Uh, okay, yeah. I was saying just mostly, you know, for marketing, if if. If, you know, gamers are trying to make gaming a career, um, then they have to understand branding and marketing uh, first and foremost before anything else. So take a Udemy course for 10 bucks, learn for free online on YouTube, Google it. I mean, there's so much great resources out there. Um, Gary Vee is is amazing for understanding branding and he talks a lot about esports too so he does have some advice for gamers and esports personas in general uh, in specific and i i would look up to people like gary v or um neil patel neil patel you know these kind of uh, great internet marketers who understand personal branding everything that they talk about can be applied to gaming absolutely 100 percent. so i wish they knew of that and the second thing i that i wish that they would know that isn't related to business is just, I don't know, proper etiquette. <laughs> just to be nice people. Um, it is a game, after all. At the end of the day, it's a freaking video game. No matter how you want to look at it, I mean, unless if you're competing in high-level esports and the difference is between losing $10 million and not winning it, um, and even in those situations, they're, they're not toxic. Their teammates have to remain calm and cool and collective because they know that's how you win. You don't win by flaming people and being toxic and, uh, you know, perpetuating stereotypes and all this other negative stuff that gamers are so notorious for doing, mm -hmm. doxing people, hunting people down, you know, with the witch hunts and things like that, canceling people. Uh, these things are, are need to be eradicated. It's not what gaming is about. And a lot of people argue, oh yeah, it is, you know, gamers have always been like that, but that's not true. If you're, if you're like my age, you know, you're, uh, I'm in my late twenties, you remember that gaming originally was about community and culture. And if you're even a little bit older than me, probably in your thirties or something like that, and you grew up in the eighties, you, you probably remember the arcade culture and how, you know, friendly competitive that was. And, you know, disputes were, were, you know, settled in the arcade. Um, you trash talk someone, but you had, you can back it up. And, cool. and because of the online, um, culture and you know just the availability to just say whatever you want without consequence basically um it's like there's no filter and there's no you know self-control anymore and it kind of lost what to me was the whole core of gaming back in the 90s and 80s where it was about community and friendly competition and having good sportsmanship and you know 
casual trash talk, of course, was always welcomed and was part of the culture and being a little, you know, nasty towards each other, but, but definitely not to the level that it is today. And unfortunately, I don't think it ever will be eradicated. It's kind of unrealistic at this point, but, you know, I encourage uh, older millennial gamers and to, to try to, you know, bring back that culture, at least be an example for the younger gamers in Gen Z and, and let them remember uh, what it is, you know, what it was like gaming with our friends and uh, our families, you know, over some blockbuster rentals and popcorn, you know, that, yeah. that's what gaming was always about to begin with. And unfortunately, it, it has changed. Yeah, very well put. I'm, I'm really glad that you're able to say because you're immersed in the culture and like you're able to yeah. do that. And um, okay, next more. Do you, we're going a little bit over. Are you okay with this? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I just want to respect your time. Yeah. I don't okay. want to be like, oh, God, you some like other schedules because so, you did it uh, like just thank you so much for doing this. Um, so you look amazing. Um, do you cosplay or like what are your, ad- <laughs> what's your advice on like looking like uh, amazing on stream? Oh, well, um, I'm not the best person to ask for that, I feel like, but I'm flattered. Uh, I don't cosplay, unfortunately. I don't. Oh, so it's just, it's just like more for the stream, right? Yeah, it's mostly just for streaming. And um, I, I've never cosplayed ever. And I would love to, but I, I just don't have that skill. You know, I, I would love to commission some someone at, at some point in time and, and do it for fun. Um, but I, I've never done it like full on professionally or like consistently like a lot of, you know, my friends have. And it would be an insult to say that uh, they don't work extremely hard at looking freaking gorgeous and just like the character. Um, so I don't know about cosplaying, but for streaming. You yeah, you look good. Yeah. Just I'm, I'm glad you think so. You know, honestly, I, I feel like I'm not sometimes, but, you don't know. Don't listen to the stupid gamers who are <laughs> They don't even appreciate people for having bodily functions. Fuck them. This is true. They, they don't. They don't appreciate people for needing to eat. So, yeah. I mean, what you're going with lower than the lowest common denominator in terms of. People need to eat. Yeah, <laughs> my I, cat knows when I close the door to the bathroom, <laughs> he leaves me alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're right about that. I mean, aside from that, I guess looking your best on stream. Um, if you're if you're a guy, I, I don't know, just show up, um, comb your hair and <laughs> look nice or be in your character, whatever. Uh, I have no idea. But for girl streamers, for sure, it's all about the makeup and the lighting. I mean, lighting for dudes, too, obviously. It can make or break how you look. Um, You know, if you want to have, like, a chiseled jaw or anything, you know, males like to have that, then, yeah, good lighting is is the key. I mean, no matter if you're male or female or whatever your gender is, um, utilize a little bit of good lighting theory and even utilize a little bit of makeup. And, And even for the dudes, I mean, like, people who are males that are on tv that are on film and stuff they use a lot of makeup (laughs) and there's a reason for that because cameras are too hd and they they distort your face and i don't think a lot of people know this but cameras are inherently bad at showing people's faces unless if you're using an ultra telephoto lens which you're not going to use because you're in your room um you're not using a telephoto lens on a, on a webcam or on a, on a DSLR if you're using one of those. 
your your face is going to look distorted af i mean it's going to be all kinds of fat looking or just your nose might be like extra stretched out or your chin might look elongated or just all kinds of weird stuff that can happen because of how camera lenses work and how a camera works. So good lighting is key to kind of counteract that and makeup to counteract what the camera may distort you to look like. So, you know, basic stuff, foundation, definitely you need powder and some really good mattifying powder, male or female, just put that on your face so you don't look super shiny and oily like you never washed your face because when you have those bright lights on you it's going to reflect every little pore and and every little oil on your face um, even if you've just washed your face like you can start sweating and then boom you look like a shiny mess so basic necessity bare necessity just foundation and and powder that's what i would do you know if i don't want to look super glam and then you know, glam it up as much as you want, just like you would um, on any other type of makeup look, with the exception of, I think, for, for, for girls especially. Um, and this I learned from being in entertainment for so long, not just doing uh, streaming, but just doing other things, um, singing and, and just doing on-camera work and stuff. You want to really exaggerate the makeup um, because on camera with lights and all this stuff, it doesn't translate as well as you would think it would. So if you're doing makeup for camera, take some time to study makeup for film or makeup for stage and understand how those looks actually work compared to like your day-to-day -day makeup that you would want someone to see you outside with because they are exaggerated and they are exaggerated on purpose uh, to fit the idea that people can't translate exactly how your face is looking uh, far away or through a lens or through bright lights. So exaggerate it. Um, go to Sephora and they'll tell you the same thing. If you're on camera, you have to exaggerate it a little bit. Awesome. And yeah. um, so you're a singer. Can you briefly talk about that? Yeah. Uh, I was a singer um, in Taiwan. I, I used to perform for like, I did like a corporate event and um, I used to sing in the bars and do open mics and do all kinds of stuff. Um, and it was a really good time. I, I learned a lot and I got better, I think, as a performer. I learned to sing in Chinese and it was uh, such a, a wonderful experience. And I was classically trained since I was a young kid. Wow. I don't know, since I was like, I think, to say 12 or 13 maybe 14 i i learned how to sing um i took lessons my parents were really supportive and they gave me good lessons from a really good teacher um her style was classical ballads and stuff so i actually learned to sing in italian first um she was very adamant that all her students sing italian before learning how to master singing in english um okay I don't know why, but it, she said it was something she learned in the conservatory. Um, I think she went to San Francisco Conservatory. So it was one of the very, you know, well-renowned uh, music conservatories. And she told her told us that her, her vocal professors, uh, the first thing they did was learn how to sing in Latin or Italian. So I learned those. And then I just kind of learned how to sing other things, other genres. And I, I really enjoy singing rock. That's my my best genre it's the one that people knew me for for singing in taiwan was doing good rock covers and, and renditions and stuff um so yeah i guess that's that's me as a singer i love to sing i'm, I'm singing every single day 
That's amazing. I love that. So um, what's coming up next for you and how can we uh, connect with you? Uh, well, I don't really know what's coming up next for me this year. Uh, this year has, has been um, a big shift for me um, because of, you know, the accident happened to me. And so I don't really know what's going to happen this year. Uh, Chinese Zodiac and the monks told me, you know, this is the year for change for my, for my uh, sign. I'm a sheep and it's year of the rat and call me superstitious. But I strongly believe in those things. And, uh, and I believe it's, it's true. So I don't know what's next. I, I think it's going to be more in where I would like it to be is more on the business side of gaming and content creation and also still making content. Like I'm, I'm trying to explode growth on TikTok. Like I'm just focusing like every day I try to make a TikTok. Like that's my challenge for myself. So hopefully you'll see more of me on your for you pages. If you're browsing TikTok uh, if you're not on TikTok yet, then you're missing out because growth there is like wildfire. It's so easy to grow. Um, I say that and I only have 99 followers right now, but you know, I just started and to get a hundred followers, it took like less than a week. And if you were to try to do that on Instagram or Facebook right now, good luck. <laughs> it might take you a long time, honestly. It could take you, you know, a week, but it could take you a month or two. And so I think I'm going to be focusing a lot on TikTok and building out the, uh, you know, the more agency side of my my business of helping people with their branding and Google stuff. So, and then doing influencer marketing stuff. So if you want to contact me, um, I guess the best way is on social media at Freya Fox TV, F-R-E-Y-A Fox TV, my television. Or you can go to freyafox.gg, uh, which is my website. And there's not much on there, but, you know, you can find out a little bit more about me there too. And, but probably Instagram, Twitter, those are the fastest ways to reach me. I always tell people that don't, don't email me if you want me to respond or don't send me a Facebook message because I get so much spam, so many like, you know, things from, from other people that are not relevant. So just dm me or at me and I, I usually check those rel uh frequently so yeah i see so um so thank you so much for this wonderful interview i learned so much and it was great just connecting with you um yeah. thank you so much for your time and i uh, hope to have you on future episodes to come yeah yeah thank you so much for having me on the show i look forward to, to hearing the finished podcast yeah absolutely